Macy Moon's in front, 100 to go. Have a look at Bold Soul. Have a look indeed. From last to first in a couple of bounds, Bold Soul from Macy Moon, Johnny Pinch. Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot, with Johnny Walter. He's on time. He's with us in person, not just... Uh... On time? You just abused me for being late. Don't, 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 don't duck and weave. I'm, I'm only 20 minutes late as opposed to an hour and 20 minutes late this week. It's pretty good for me. No traffic in the Gold Coast this week. Beautiful stuff. DK is fresh face down in Melbourne. How are you, brother? Yeah, I'm... Um... I'm sort of back, Scooty. Sort of back. The uh, kids are back at school. Thank God for that. <laughs> As a result, a bit of Daryl Kerrigan at home. How's the serenity business going on there? But, but short-lived. I've got the got the mother-in-law arriving from Malaysia on Monday for Chinese New Year, staying for three weeks. Three weeks, and it's fair to say I ain't the favourite son-in-law. So, um, I've got to I've got to battle through the next three weeks. But apart from that, my things are in good order. The, finally, that I mean it was good. Races yesterday, finally they ran straight at Sandown all day, so if you didn't miss one, you missed one winner, you got the other one. But uh, a bit of conge- conjecture there with that protest, I think we'll speak about, Scoot. Beautiful. Jeez, uh, mother-in-law, fresh yeah, hell. Beauty. That, uh, couldn't think anything worse than that. Nico Noonan, you're uh, in from uh, home, still doing some stuff with the RSN, so. Yeah, it's been busy. Um, had a bit of a quiet start to the week, though, so that was good, and just uh, fire up late this week, got Packetham and the Valley the next two nights and the big meeting from Caulfield and we've also got a big meeting from Launceston on Sunday, which we'll cover as well. The Citizen Cup, probably probably Tasmania's best horse from back in the day, so uh, good to see him being honoured. But um, yeah, a uh, little bit of a, a freshen up early in the week and then we'll rip right into pretty much the Autumn Carnival now. There's Group 1 racing next week. We had V8 and some really nice uh, two-year-olds running last week, so uh, it's all happening now. Nice little barb there, Nico. Just leads us straight into the uh, the Chipping Norton, which is now the very elegant. Uh, tie the knot, won the race four times. So it's either a marketing, marketing genius move for this younger crowd that uh, New South Wales talk about or a marketing missed opportunity. Tie the knot race day. Imagine that for bucks, parties and hens. You could just swing off that for the next 10 or 20 years, couldn't you, Walt? Mate, very elegant. What is it? Oh, there was one guy, New Zealand horse, that went to Darren Weir, had to get transferred for obvious reasons. Raced in Melbourne for most of its career, ran a 27-length rocket racer spike in the Melbourne Cup, then disappeared overseas, never to be seen again, now lives in France. Or you've got Ty the Knot that was trained in Chipping Norton, 13-time Group 1 winner, run the race four times by arguably one of Australia's top five or ten most popular champion trainers that has since passed away. I know which way I'd go, but, you know. Mm, Kids. Kids these days aren't... um that interested if in history. You, put, if you can pick me a hundred people off the street and anyone could tell them and they could name very elegant as a Melbourne Cup winner, I'll give you a hundred for everyone that out of the hundred that has ever heard of very elegant. Oh, street talk version. <laughs> Bet Doctor next week is an absolute moral. I'll be picking up hundreds everywhere, I would have thought. Uh, a real sick one who might have alienated some people from the game was uh, race five, the protest yesterday at Sandown. Charisse was hampered. Uh, by Fine Rebel. The process was upheld, and we'll just run the replay here, and you can see um, the horses just out in front there, the leaders. But the horse we're talking about here, if you haven't seen it, is Fine Rebel in the green, and she's just sitting out uh, one out, one back, um, and doing it pretty comfortably here. And then Sharice is on the inside in the black and the blue, and Taylor Childs, to my eye, they all sort of naturally um, sort of fan out a little bit. And she just sort of closes the door or tries to hold her line. And I, the stewards have, have deemed that there was a run there for Sharice. And I've watched the replay and the stewards' vision, which I, I couldn't quite get it up, the stewards' vision, because Racing.com have hidden it or they haven't published it, despite the fact that they've displayed all, you know, six or seven or other, other races on the cards, the steward vision. So they sort of don't want us to play that or, or show us the other angle there. But... When I when I went and had a look at the replay, I noticed Sharice hitting the hindquarter of Fine Rebel. And so if you hit the hindquarters of a horse, naturally they're going to push back in um, against it the other way from their head, neck and shoulder. So she had no option, but then the horse was naturally always going to move forward left. And then she sort of tried to hold her ground like most sensible jockeys. And if you watch races in Hong Kong or all the biggest and the best riders, they don't try and give you an inch and hard to get up the inside when there's, I don't think there was a run established personally. And I think she's, you know, given it an 11 out of 10 ride and then um, she's sort of been punished with it. But um, 
Fascinating. Um, I'm interested in your opinion, probably DK. If you're all over the uh, the race at Sandown, and we'll go around the room and everyone can give their thoughts. But um, it's more. There's been some howlers in the past, but um, gee, she's pretty stiff there, Taylor Childs, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, not in mine. No, I thought, um, and I think that shows by the way she pleaded. She actually pleaded guilty. She pleaded guilty to careless riding, and only got ten. And if she, if that was only because of a good record and this and that, if she it hadn't had a good record and probably been a kid, she would have got fifteen or twenty. Um, you know, the run was there. That's the all conjecture. I didn't think the run. You said you didn't think the run was there. Everyone else, well, the stewards thought the run was there. I thought you can't. Once the doors open, you can't go and close it again. Okay, the, it was closed. She tugged on the. You know, she could see her lean on the right rein or the left rein, pull it in. So um, he was lucky he didn't end up on his nose. And it wasn't hand, but it was a check. Um, and, uh, yeah, by the way, finished off the race at Wood One. So I, I can see, you know, so we always have problems with stewards. Stewards protest down here all over the, all the time, ever since the Cray Williams one at Mooney Valley, that famous one, the Steve Theodore horse, but um, intimidation and all that business. But uh, I see Ray Livingstone, the, so the steward, so he, he, filed the, he filed the protest because it was brother versus brother. And he's thinking maybe they won't protest each other, Jared Maloney versus John Maloney. So he went in, made the protest. Then he stood back. He said, well, I can, I've made the protest, so I can't officiate on it. The other stewards will officiate on it because I've made the protest. I thought it was all crystal clear. And I think the fact that she pleaded guilty with her brother sitting there as her mentor, Jordan Child said, no, you either take this on, you challenge it, or you plead, you've probably done the wrong thing, pleaded guilty. So that's my opinion. She pleaded guilty. I think that explains that uh, she did the wrong thing. Nico? Oh, I thought she was a bit stiff. I don't know if the run was fully there. Like, uh, I don't know if that horse was going well enough to take it either. So, um, I probably would have lent it to Smith because, uh, you know, I still think you have to factor in that, like, it was the favourite and it wasn't like she was hard on the lake. Like, the horse could have had more to give that last 100 metres when the other horse is flying home. So, I, I probably would have leaned to Smith. I can see why they've upheld it and, and it might have been a different scenario if it wasn't such a young rider. They've obviously... Probably the last two protests we've seen in Melbourne, they were both going for their first uh, Metropolitan winners, so they might have made a bit of a statement there as well. But yeah, personally, I thought she was a, a little stiff. Um, obviously, the, the careless riding charge, yeah, admitting to that, like she probably she probably shut the door a bit too quickly, or maybe a bit too fast. But I don't think the I don't think the other horse would have won. To be honest, I think Brian Real probably would have kicked back again. So um, all the form the. There's just none of that factored in. Like the SP isn't factored in. It's just all about the run. Like I don't, just don't know how you can be certain that the other horse would have gone past. So I don't know. I see protests a lot differently to other people though. So I think first past the post does mean a fair bit in the protest myself. And then somehow Elope wins the race and we would have never won it anyway. So mm. um, so they're funny situations, but I probably would have leaned dismiss. I didn't have a bit in the race, just for clarity. DK, did you bet in the race? No, it was the worst. I thought it was the... I think that it was the worst race of the day. It was the most little interest. I mean, Fine Rebel being a short favourite sort of said what sort of race it was. So um, I know Nico said it's favourite, but it's no, no star that horse. And um, yeah, no, I didn't have a bet in the race. I bet a plenty of other races, but not in that race. Nico, you didn't have a bet? No, no, I didn't have a, didn't have a bet. But um, yeah, thought thought Fine Rebel looked hard to beat last start of Packardham and she just, she's racing great form, that horse. But um, yeah, I thought a bit stiff. Well, you didn't have a bet. You're a Sydney man. I had a $20 trifecta because I was bored, which will make oh, everyone happy because I had, had Cherie stood out from the other two. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was pretty funny. But opinion-wise, there's a few things. There's a two protests, both of them Stewart's protests, third versus second, third versus first. In the suspension, they talk about that the leader contributed to the, the shift and contributed to the interference. So... It wasn't punished. The third verse first was upheld. Third verse second wasn't. So I don't understand that. Um, yeah, I agree with what Nick said. That on the point of the turn, Stackhouse has definitely pushed her and hit her hindquarters, which has shifted. The lead has shifted, and she's tried to correct. She's a three-kilo girl. Um, I thought she did an incredible job, to be fair. The run may or may not have been there, and then you've got the who contributed to the shifting of Fine Rebel, who closed the gap? It was sort of here nor there. I dead set think she should have got the golf clubs right of the day. I would have bet a hundreds the uphold. I I just don't <laughs> see how you can possibly uphold it. And how she got suspended, I just think falls into line with the stewards being the one lodging the protest. She's in there. Has to be She's guilty. She's been out talked. Um, she has to plead guilty. To, it's just you know, intimidation. That's a bit of a strong word in this situation. But she's a kid. I think going she's into, fallen in line. Yeah. Is probably the best way I describe it. And I. Th- like 
horrifically hard done by and hopefully she just uh, gets all the positivity out of it. I thought she was, you know, if I, if I would have dead set chaired her through the crowd, if it was my horse coming back the way she rode it, I would have been proud of her. So interesting. It was, um, yeah, it's a shame, but whatever. It is what well, it is. I, yeah, I was just surprised. Like, uh, initially, I th- yeah, I, I watched it many times, but the, the deciding factor for me was the contact that um, Sharice made. You can't made. do what he did on the point of the bend. You're not allowed to do that. Um, and that's what created the shift yeah. from her. Because if I bump you. It's not as if she's hard riding it and whipping it and steering it. She's tried to correct it. And if you watch, there's a line, there is a head on, and there's a mowing line, and she's basically straight on that edge of that line the whole way from when the interference occurs down the straight. The other horse is sort of shifting inside her. And if she shifts half a horse, that's it. You know, like it's not as. it's not reckless riding. It's not. It was, it was triggering for Nico. We're going to go back to the uh, the 2021 uh, Cox Plate, and we're going to go watch uh, Animo versus State of Rest in the final straight here. And you've got Animo on the back of the maroon horse with the yellow cap. And I guess there's a run here for Animo, and it's definitely established. And there's no interference there from Animo. Like he hasn't caused anything no. to shift, so and then he's not involved. This is at all. where the bump sort of comes in from State of Rest. And then they've gone from, I would have thought, three to four wide, and now they finish both on the fence, or Animo's then now one and two for State Arrest. So I think that's a massive difference in terms of established run, and then that horse has taken it off its line. The difference with that one is momentum, right? The other, this horse yesterday has been lost all momentum. Mm. So, But how do you factor that in? And I think that's sort of the difference between Nico and DK's opinion maybe in how the, the outcome fell because – what momentum costs a horse at a stage of a race and when it picks up late and all those th- factors, that can only be on opinion, right? And clearly between us, we've all got different opinions. slightly different opinions. Yep. So it's very difficult. Mm. Tricky one. Uh, speaking of momentum, uh, boys get paid. 1.2 mil they started with. Uh, I thought they nailed the day for 95% of it. They had the massive bet uh, legato all up into orchestral. The horse of uh, J Max in the last, with uh, which Julie saluted, but the problem was Legato got beat in uh, the race before or two races earlier, and they had the saver anyway, so they covered their stake for that race, and then somehow they've uh, they've gone from having uh, orchestral a two million dollar result to then not having it going for anything in the last, so they've gone a they top like four a and, a, and top a top six, six sort of um, same race, multi. Same, yeah, like a finishing order bet, which gosh. I think they've done a great job and all the, the turnover. I think they accounted for 20% of turnover in New Zealand on the day itself, which is amazing. And it was all the talk in all the betting chat rooms that I sort of frequent on a Saturday and even on the Friday. It was just wall-to-wall noise about this big meeting at Caraca. And uh, I think they've done a, a tremendous job to promote the game. But, geez, they'd, they'd really love they to found- replay the last 30 minutes of decision-making. And we've all been in these streams and done it before. Gosh, it's just so sick. Like the dollar twenty shot lobs, they win. They're both their bets. They're saver bet mm. and their main bet. They so they win like two and a half on the day. They could have um, turned it into three million easily. Yeah, it wasn't as if it was unlucky. Like the winners bolted in. They found the winner. If they oh. back it straight out instead of having the other thing and have them sort of both going for a good result, they probably win a million and probably truckload the last thing win two million. He's they've just a- they've just made a couple of really unfortunate decisions that have fallen. The one in the last is the one that's going to haunt them. Like obviously, how how the heck it can go around and you lose on the like lose fifty percent of your bank when you the horse you try to get going for two million wins is mm. is tough to swallow if you're if you're one of their punters. But um, yeah, like you said, it's a far out. It's a tough one. It's the age old uh, stick to the set sort of sort of jobby, and we've done it in the past. There's been horses that we've we've had go on DK they've tried in to the take last the race. Option. They've just they've tried to look after their guys, and they've just gone. Yeah, well, remember that horse we, we've had. Well, I think it was one of our first ever streams. We or the first ever Warnable Carnival. We had that horse going for an absolute fortune. Nashville, remember? Nashville sound, mate. I'll never ever forget it. That's it. That's the never horse. ever forget it. <laughs> Five dollars like, into evens and the last race of the carnival or the ball and the. And then Got even that, the remember that, I think that same stream, Curly found the last winner in <laughs> Brisbane. We all just yeah. cheered on because, you, you know, it's, crescendo. And then yeah. I think in another ball stream, you said, oh, I'm going to have 10 grand on this. I said, what do you like, DK? He said, I'll have 10,000 on stream. Oh, yeah. I said, have a real bet. So he had 30,000 on it. He mm. got home. It was a Mick, Mick one, M. Yeah. or something. So right at the end of the day, you need those things to go away. But I think, yeah, they'd like to have that. 
that uh, last last bit back again. I hope just hoping the twenty to one chance can run in the top six, sort of for that much result. When, as Kermie said himself, I mean, they, they he on his reflections, we just should have stuck with probably J Mac, kept it simple. They were angling the day around J Mac, didn't they? Take a bet early in the day, mm. the winner into J Mac to ride a winner, the shorty into J Mac to ride a winner as a double. You know, they're attaching themselves to J Mac. He said they're having a few difficulties with you know the big day and everything. So. Yeah, anyway, they but, had to um, chop out at worst, didn't they? Even if they yeah, had like they had 200 on the 300 of the double or something. I don't know. It's <laughs> easy to say in hindsight, but they, it's tough but to sort lose of came when, down you're, to that, when you're just hoping wins. a 20 to 1 chance runs in top six in the last race for uh, risking half your bank. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and especially Tricky. if you get, if you're going to save on the legato leg with the what was it um, the roughy to desert lightning or whatever the horse was have that double well, too. Well, sort of paid for that bet anyway, so you can sort of reset and have another crack at it. But even having that double. Even the, the roughy into the last winner double was pretty much a gimme. So they've just been unlike like Christ. No. It, it's just, it's hard as to you said, it. not many people have been in that situation. We all have. And it's, uh, you, you're, you're so conscious of doing the right thing. Well, trying try to. Mm, and, try to and, and, and the Prime Minister wanders in. <laughs> Winston, <laughs> For a bit of extra pressure. Uh, outstanding. <laughs> I tell you what, just turn over 1.2 million on that little tiny six race card as an effort in itself. They're, I think they did a, uh, a pretty good job, but um, absolute pisser. Uh, a problem that needs addressing in these smaller country tracks. A fair bit of feedback here. Um, friends of mine were there, saw it all over Twitter. Big one for Racing Victoria to try and rally around, but uh, Hanging Rock, Balnarring, they're doing a great job to pump up all this country um, and picnic racing, the bull, heaps of these places. They've got big problems with their phone and internet coverage. So uh, Swan Hill last year was apparently a nightmare as well. So they're getting, they're doing all the hard work to get people on course and then they're losing all this turnover and people can't bet, they can't communicate. Um, they can barely get, you know, like a Facebook messenger sort of signal out to talk to their friends. And surely there's just, a, there's got to be a solution from Racing Victoria to work in with the tel the telephone companies to try and figure this issue out because all the bookies they've given them the green light to go off course and um, sort of decimate the racetrack and they're all using um, yeah online services now but now you, the, the, all the punters are struggling to get a bet on so they're not rusted on punters either so they'll just sit there drinking their VB tinnies or whatever it is and Carlton draft and they just won't bet so massive miss and it's been going on for what good 12 months now so um, RV got a big problem there with um Trying to get the uh, the phone sales Just logistics sorted. of price. What like obviously telcos are not easy to work with, and they only have how many meetings a year. It's not easy. Need to figure it's not it easy out. To combat. And I don't think they've got such a thing as a mobile tower. I don't think no, I don't that know. exists. So and heaven, heaven forbid they go and have a cash bet with a, one of the twenty. Well, that's what they there, should be trying right? to push, right? That's exactly. what they should be trying to get fifty bookies there. Mm. They do. I mean, they all the bookies clear. They can't get into those joints because they are the good, generally good mm. meetings. Just a picnic sort of crowd atmosphere. People just you know doing their best, no smarties shooting you down or anything. And um, the bookies, they've they, they got to cap the amount of bookies that go to those meetings. So heaven forbid they have a cash bet with them rather than betting on their phones. You can well, maybe they the need to stop capping crap, and get the, getting them back out on the lawn again. Maybe they need Surely they do. That's right. It's like, they need more. You just, yeah, exactly. More. Spread them out. Make it so they're just everywhere. Right Why in your not? face. Because it's all tap and go now anyway. Yeah. Beautiful. As long as the tap and go internet works, everything's all right. All right. Let's keep <laughs> moving along. <laughs> but yeah, can you tap and go if they're out? Probably you not. You can't. If you, it's all internet. Oh, dear. <laughs> Where are we headed? Uh, Donnie's going to uh, try and find us a couple of winners. He's going to go down to Sydney and have a look. Uh, I think we've get uh, we've got seconds coming out our backsides for the syndicate. I think we've had 17 seconds out of 35 bets for January. So started well. I think we're down 10 units for the month, but uh, we've just clicked over to February. So happy days, and we'll just keep firing away. So not a, uh, a big deficit to overcome, but I'm sure we'll uh, – We'll tear back into it, but uh, yeah, some of the seconds we've been having are just unbelievable. Walt uh, Magnetair was uh, a bit of a sick watch. Oh yeah, it's good. It's actually, actually wasn't nearly a. Uh, it was one pair closer than. Yeah. Anyway, one place the old coffin, DK's favourite place in the world. You got a big, long striding stayer that he butchered the crap out of last start, not getting it in the clear. Big roomy track. Jams that jams it early to box seat it. Oh, why wouldn't you? Rose Hill Saturday, round nine. So we're going to get straight back into it. Uh, Nico, I think it's similar conditions at Caulfield. I think it's nearly rail nine there as well. Bold soul, too big, too strong in the guineas. Found a way. Stepardi was uh, interesting tactics. They tried to hunt him forwards what, outside the leader. And brave mead. Blake Shin, absolute peach. Where Where's Stepardi at, do you think? No, I, th I think it was just a big run. He just seemed a bit too fresh in the run. I think maybe... Well, Johnny even said in hindsight, he maybe should have come back and maybe the horse settles a little better. But once he got to that position, 
Uh, I had a good crack at him, thought he was pretty much there to go from the yard and it was just never a comfortable watch. He was just, you know, poorly and just thought, oh, he's going to have to be body good to, to win from here, like how he's raced through the, the middle stages. And I, I just think he was probably, um, yeah, just, just raced a bit fresh on the day. Uh, I don't think they're going to the CF4 anymore. I think they're going to stick to three-year-olds. Maybe the autumn stakes or the CS Hayes and 1,400, he can definitely bounce back. I wouldn't be writing him off. All the four mines around him stacked up from the weekend. Like he smashed Southport Tycoon. He beat V8 fair and square. Um, so they, they all ran really well. So uh, maybe he just hasn't come back as good, but uh, I'd, I'd be happy to back him again next start to find out. Shin did carve him. Like as soon as he saw that he was there at over racing and had to work, he just put him to the sword early. And obviously they knew Brave Mead was ready to do what he did. And, uh, well, that, that's spot on, Walt. I mean, mm. that, he, I was hearing Shin after the race. Ma gave him the keys to the to the to the car there and said, "Mate." Get in the van here. This horse mm. is fit and raring to go. Residual fitness. Put B Shin on his grouse on a leader and make that other, you know, just it, like I, I prayed me went better than I thought it would, you know. Agreed, agreed. He made the party probably look as bad as he could. Mm. Yeah, they'd be pretty happy with that. V8 was interesting, had absolute PR and uh, Southport Tycoon. Who was the bloke outside the, who was the bloke in the 1-1 that took off at about the 600 for no reason on the 20 to 1 chance that just absolutely made the race for V8? That was, uh, and he and he buried the poor uh, Mar horse. It, it made it go early, and mm. he just set the race up for it perfect. Uh, I thought yeah, well, it was a good win, but he was everything fell his way. Yeah, Kieran Martinelli got a lot there. Twelve into five dollars. Southport Toko and missed the kick, and that was the uh, end of the race. Be interesting to see if the tables turn when those two horses uh, shape up next start. Uh, I got I got what I deserved probably last Saturday at the Sunshine Coast. Viminelli, uh, eleven dollars into four forty. Jake Bayless. Just was pretty cold on it, and then of the straight, I actually thought he probably should have turned left in, instead of right, and just you know how slide we joke up the that uh, Collet doesn't have a left blinker. Yeah, Jay Ballis doesn't have a steering <laughs> wheel, mate. So I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be too concerned. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's tough to catch. Yeah, it, uh, I was sort of cured for a couple of days. I had to, uh, had to, um, yeah, go to boxing and do, go to the gym and. <laughs> I cooked some dumplings. I did everything but look at races for uh, a good 24, 48 hours there and sometimes you need to do it. But uh, we, we went to lunch, uh, what was it, Monday? Yeah. And, and Scoot's telling me, he goes, oh, yeah, I'm off the punt at the moment. I haven't had a bet since Saturday. And they just all started. Well, and he was serious. He's like, you know, I've, I've needed to take a break since Saturday. I've had, I've had to, you know, <laughs> what was it, 36 hours at the time off. And they're just like, yeah, this Saturday, just want, they just want, that's a break for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, mate. Just had to have a spell. <laughs> they were absolutely dying. Uh, <coughs> had to put the gun down. I noticed <laughs> King, Kingsley uh, from the den, our good friends up there. I noticed Kingsley had to have a bit of a he, uh, mental health day or a bit of a, he went for a jog and get, hit the gym or did whatever on uh, Monday. Tip and I didn't have as, as bad a day as Kingsley, but uh, we're sort of in the same headspace, I would have thought. It's all relative. <laughs> it is it's all, all relative. relative. <laughs> Definitely is all relative. But everyone's there and. The best thing is they're on again. They're on again yesterday and they're on again today. So I'm back. I've got uh, got the helmet on and mouth guard in. Uh, Top Sport's team, they went none from two last week. So a couple of placings there. Top Sport is where the uh, steamers are found. So they got protest pay out. Top Fluck, uh, super honest Australian bookmaker, owned and operated support local community, and all the money stays onshore instead of going offshore. So mad not to try Top Sport and give them a go. As I said, Caulfield on uh, Saturday, Nico. Let's talk about that first. And you're sort of whining about the clock here with a couple of these uh, runners, but um, it's Chairman's and we're saying we're a week away from the Blue Diamond Preludes, which is uh, is exciting and all the good horses are starting to come back now. So the first race we're going to have a look at is race five. It's the John Mooley Handicap over 1,400 metres and Punch Lane is uh, one of your horses uh, in the past. $3.90 favourite, Zondi, $7.50, Hoo-Ha, Havana, $9.50, Rumbled again, a $9.50 and Triple D, 11 Masterful, $11. Uh, Mike Hebb is $11 and $14, El Rocco and Green Belt, much better the rest. Horse you like here is from the Enver Yusevic, uh, Yusufovic Yard, uh, second at Cranbourne in the white and Saints colours. This is masterful. Uh, he's going to need a similar run here. He draws barrier number one, but he does get Mick D going aboard, which I think is a big positive for this horse. This horse has been flying for about four months. He just has struck a few races that haven't worked out his race. He had an odd event at Caulfield, then he won at Cranbourne. I think he probably should have won this race. He just didn't get out at a crucial time, and D Lane was off and gone on Signal, who's probably not a better horse than him, but he flew home in the Pretty much quickest closing splits of the day. And uh, I just think the way he's been racing, 
he's like been really good his last two and they've been slowly run races so i don't think they would have taken that much out of him um gets a really soft run here and i just thought this race just i don't know just like uh, left a bit to be desired a few of the horses at the top of the market um zon's gonna trick him out from a wide draw punch lane best is good enough i thought he was a little plain last start and then you go looking a bit wider and i think you're sort of left with a horse like masterful who's just flying and if the gaps come and Mick D can position him a little bit closer in the run, you'd think he's going to be, you know, right in the finish off what we saw last start. So a, a bit of a tricky race, but I thought $11, you'd definitely make a case he should be shorter and um, he probably brings in, might not bring in the best form, but I think he's going the best in the race and it just looks like a race that he could overachieve in from the inside draw with a good jockey. So around $11 is worth something on. Uh, El Rocco might be uh, a bit of a knockout hope. Gets Carlene off, Jay Mott on, ready to peak. Third yeah, he's, no, I think he's just a wet tracker, which is probably a, a problem for Saturday. So he did run okay last start. I liked him in the yard last start, but um, yeah, I'd just probably rather on the wet these days. DK, any thoughts these ones? No, oh, Masterful stick, stuck out straight away. We got got to the Gold Coast and uh, got up there on the Friday. I think it was the Friday night. Parked in the sports bar there with a big crew. They said, "What's your best at Cranbourne?" I said, "I'm oh, Masterful will win." <laughs> Everyone all tuned into it. And the thing you didn't see in that video was the kid missing the start on a two links, and then it was just a train wreck from there and charge like so that was that was a good start to the the trip up there. So um, yeah, he'd been flying that. Also, as Nico said, we go back and watch his last even his last three or four runs, just just flying, finding the line. So I thought he could follow. Um, Probably punch lane, probably punch lane, probably want to take a sit. Geez, he was disappointing the other day, punch lane. The market, the market was very Teddy Marantelli on him late the other day. He was a big drifter late when they came for Lang Park. But I'm not the biggest bat rap for Lang Park. I, I potted it, I was around it heavily yesterday and a bit busted yesterday um, after leading. So I'm just not for, sure about that. Pulled up lame, over raced. I mean, it gets Zara, soft hands and that, but thought Masterful might be able to heat box seat. Masterful can follow it three back the fence and come after it late. So the Dewey's a bit out on punchline to me. Sarah might be thinking about the Super Bowl too by about then. He might be already on the plane. Got, got one yesterday, Master Bentaro. Oh, no, this is Saturday we're talking about. Yeah. When's the Super Bowl? It's like Sunday or Monday or Tuesday? Or is it Another week week? after. Is it? He'll be there though. He goes all the time, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he'll be there for sure. He's got the game by the absolute pills though, hasn't he? About the 14th mm. or 15th, isn't it? Yeah. This is still the next week. Because Tay-Tay, yeah. Tay-Tay's got to get there and get back here to do the concerts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love these looking at these races where you get 11 horses between 11 and $18, a, a weak favourite at 390 and a, set, a horse first up 750 like the ultimate race to go looking for value. And So uh, I've got no clue about any of those horses, but uh, I love the angle. Mm. Intrepid Eagle's probably the other horse that Matt might interest me, but um, happy to back you in there, Nico and DK with Masterful. Sounds like you guys are both very, very bullish. So uh, at $11, have to play and uh, probably not a bad each way play also. Race six is the uh, Mal Seckle handicap over 2,400 metres. Herman Hess is the favourite here, $2.90. Monbeyer, 370 Forentless is $4.60. Grand Promenade, $4.80. Wasaka, $10. Skelm, $17. Alakan, uh, 34 Southern France, 101 With Nelson, horse you like here is Herman Hess. Nico. Yeah, it's it's been a while between drinks for Herman Hess, but gee, he finds a, a winnable race. Uh, I thought he was good last start. He ran in the Tari Cup first start, got too far back. Then he went to Caulfield, had things in his favour, couldn't get on top of Alhambrad and Regal Power. Format that race has been quite strong. Then he went back to the two thousand metres here and, and missed a run because he got scratched at the barriers. And this was a brutal run race, and he was, um, you know, they had to come and get him. Then Aurora Symphony just gets him on the line. I, I thought it was a run full of merit. Um, especially for a horse that, you know, his best form is over 2,400 metres. So uh, back to 2000, he, he ran really well there. He gets Craig Williams going aboard. He seems a, just a great rider in these sort of tactical races and probably going to need a good ride, this horse, to hit the front at the right time. And But I think there he didn't really cut it up. He just um, probably had a few others that had a, a bit better run in the race than him. He had to cut up the field there. So you have to go back a while for his last win. I think he's only had two wins here in Australia and one of them was at Warwickville in the Cup. So. Um, I just think this race just sets up perfect for him. Like Monbihar and Grand Promenade were both first up in a race that was pretty slowly run, and I think they probably somewhat overachieved there. Um, and they're three seventy and four eighty. Like, uh, and he's he's pretty well in the weights in in while the weights relative to them. And Ferrantless is the other pig in the market, and she's coming back from running in three thousand meter races, like a benchmark seventy grade. So that can't be formed. So this was got the proper Saturday form, good rider. Right stable, um, just whether the right Herman Hess shows up. 
his best from last campaign, he did run third of the Moynton Cup. So if he's at that level, he'll absolutely bolt in. If he just runs to what he did last start, he'll be hard to beat. And I thought just around that $3 mark just uh, seemed a bit of over. So I thought you could definitely mark it a bit shorter. And just with a few things in his favour here, look the one to beat. Two great things there. One, referencing the Tari Cup. <laughs> uh, Nico doesn't get to do that enough. Like, that's incredible. And two, he's unbeaten for the new stable. He's unbeaten. Just go that way. Just just uh, be a stats man. You know, I love when they say four from their last six. This horse is unbeaten for the mass stable. No horse. Hmm. Uh, last time he uh, saluted uh, was... 510 uh, days. Yeah. 2022. I would have done my money then. I would have gone the... Unders, I would have thought that was. I thought it was a lot longer than that. But. September uh, 2022 against Oz Legend, Saracen Knight, and uh, Rodinho. So that was a benchmark 78 at Rose Hill over 2400. So definitely uh, the key to him. Christ, I can't add um, too much to these. I nearly fell off my chair when Nico sent through that he was tipping Herman Hairs, real wind back the clock sort of stuff. I don't think I had pubes when that horse won. I get the uh, tab app up when we're looking at these races that I haven't covered just to sort of have a quick look and been able to look at replays and things. And um, I was just noticing that the other day there was a first starter, like a group of first starters, and had one of them had one over 900, and they must have picked up the trial. So the tab in their app oh, here no. say this horse is only one over 2,400, and it's one over 2,000 up to 20. Like, geez, they mustn't have enough cash to put it out. How bad is it when the like, 20 years advantage over everyone else and they can't get an app that can tell you how far a horse is even one over? My God. It is crazy. It's sort of like that. There's a bloke on Twitter that does all the ratings for the two year olds. That some, have, without them, they haven't <laughs> without, even, without running. They haven't even run. So he's <laughs> he's rating these horses off the trials. Off trials, yeah. Slot, slotting them in. He's like Stormbird. I've got Stormbird on top, but I've got this unraced get off and horse number three. <laughs> it's the best. Tell you what, I'll be reading. He's, he, mate, he's got good angles. Everyone's got their angles. Mate, if you can just give us the the power the secret, the powerball numbers here. <laughs> I, 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 I'll just take the. I don't have to pay the bloody overs for the power hit. You rate the Powerball numbers. I, I should be, given the size of the ticket, I should be thinking about what I could spend other than 800 rows of, of Tats Lotto. That's how desperate I am to win the two the 200 million. Isn't that funny, isn't it? Like the odds of winning Powerball are pretty average. I have you, never in my life bought a Lotto or Powerball ticket. Maybe you should you, start. You would have lost that bet, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would have. You need it. You need that hope. It's the hope factor. You just. I just feel like I'm taking well, unders. Hmm. You definitely are. Nico, your mounting yard is back uh, Saturday a week. You're still doing your um, community service by uh, throwing out winners uh, for free in the uh, in the old link. So that's floating around. If uh, you need it, hit us in our DMs. But um, you're going to tune in for the Autumn Carnival next Saturday, which is uh, good news. So it'll be Caulfield. It'll be uh, the prelude. So it's a perfect time for uh, jumping on board Nico and supporting him because he's, uh, he's given everyone a, a, a very, very generous free lick over the last sort of month or so. Uh, helping people bridge the gap. Eagle Farm on uh, Saturday is going to be a drying track. I've sort of picked a race to trigger Walt. Love it. Um, he obviously missed out on uh, giving me a stick about Vim and Ellie last week, so I thought, oh, well, I'll uh, I'll find a race that uh, will upset you here. And it's race 10 at Eagle Farm, and it's a class 6 1,400-metre race, and Daytona Bay is the favourite here, sensationally backed in early betting. $4 into $2.80, horse that uh, we'd all know pretty well. Now with the uh, the Kelly Schweider yard, uh, 4 into 280 Emperor, $3.10 uh, plundering for Annabelle, $4.40 Redwood Shadow, $9.50. Uh, Tunner Delight, $14. Wairiri Falls, $21. Alberk, $31. Warp Speed, uh, $31. Hell of a Deal, $31. Wolf Moon, $31. And that is the race. Sort of like an ex-Melbourne, Victoria slash Sydney. Mate, when you're reading race, the names out, I thought it must have been a thousand meter race, and it's fourteen hundred. Yeah, isn't what it? It's the heck? Going to watch a couple of replays here. They're running it off a cliff. <laughs> Daytona Bay is the first replay, and this is um, it's a real interesting one. You've got on the lead there in yellow, uh, and I didn't really peg on the lead for a twelve hundred meter horse whatsoever. Not. Well, I thought he was 1,000, 1,100 absolute max. It is. Uh, Tommy Berry slaughtered this horse at Flemington in the carnival. Uh, probably should have won up the straight. And then you've got uh, Daytona Bay sort of chasing him down. And uh, the sharpshooters, as DK calls them in early betting, uh, back that horse sort of $6 in, not realising that uh, African Daisy, Betcha the Crown, we're going to um, savage the deduction. So well done for, uh, for taking... 
uh, a terrible price, Daytona Bay. Now it's into $2.80 anyway. Uh, the next replay we're going to have a look at here is Emperor uh, winning, and he's sort of th sitting there three wide, and this is a horse that you know pretty well, uh, Walt, and it's uh, yellow with the blue sleeves. And the other horse that sort of caught my eye a bit more was um, in the navy blue with the white cap sort of in behind him, sort of looking for runs, and that horse is called uh, Redwood Shadow. They can't be coming up the straight as slow as they look here. Bill Borko's put this on half pace or something. Have a look at them. <laughs> Have a look at Oh, look, that's a hot form race if ever you've seen one. They're glued together. Yeah. So all these horses are just jam-packed uh, savagely in the market. And I'm interested in Walt's thoughts because now it's a 1,400-metre race, so all these horses are rising in distance. Daytona Bay goes up in weight. It's carrying 6.5 kilos. You've got Plundering sitting there. Uh, it's got the contemporary, powerful peg Union Army form over 1,200. Uh, the start prior, 1,400 metres, only got beaten 1.7 by Felix, Felix Majestic, but then Louisville's in that race as well. So interested to think, I'll oh, ask your opinion, does, does plundering run a strong 1,400 metres or would you be inclined to risk it in this sort of field given that there are some, some Sydney siders here? It's a hard run race, that Felix Majestic race. So, you know, 1.7 off that, at least it's got a decent setup. You would think, if anything, it might have been a bit flat last start, draws a soft... Yeah, it's, you know, it's far out. I'd be looking elsewhere first and coming back to it. I definitely think Emperor is a monster risk to run 1,400. The soft draw helps it, but it's I think it's a fresh 1,000-metre horse. So, um, yeah, I'd be happy to sort of be well away from it. Um, but Plundering's a bit more one-paced, very fit. I, I, yeah, I'd, if it was a two-horse, like if you, if you gave me at the betting like 310 uh, Emperor and Plundering 480 and you, you bet me like 225 Plundering to beat uh, Emperor home, that's probably the bet I'd, mm. <laughs> I'd have, but uh, I haven't looked at the race. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried that Daytona Bay might sort of sprout here. I think he might, especially with 16.5 kilos, I think he's going to find it challenging to reel in this sort of these leading pack in with, with that weight. I think he's more maybe a 1,600 metres. He's stretched out to 1,800 metres in the past. I'm really worried he might go flat second up. Orman's going to have him a long way back. The horse that I liked um, does go Martin Harley to CJ Graham. So I tend to finding too many CJ Graham horses at the moment, and she can ride them sort of dead cold last. But I thought Redwood Shadow, $10 uh, That's each Pride way. Horse, right? is, Pride Source, right? Is it? Yeah, yep. ex-Pride Horse. Mm. So now with Tony Madison Sears, who's uh, I think they're going super that camp. It now... Um, Drops down to 52 and a half kilos. So it's got the weight swing on Emperor, despite Emperor being sort of three wide and sort of getting, you get $10 and $3 something a place. If you uh, back at best of three totes, the place, I know there's a lot of um, place percentage on the boards at the moment. They're not what they used to be placed if. So that's what DK and I were discussing. Yeah, some of those little funny, book, of all the weird things these little betting shops do, some of them do actually bet you decent okay, place. Place yeah. yeah, they're, old, they're, they're worth going looking for. Old school uh, bookies. But uh, my bet there is uh, Red Redwood Shadow. I think uh, that's the the forgotten horse, 52.5 kilos. Uh, it's $10. I think they bet $16. I can see this horse getting absolutely crunched, and I'm, I'm pretty confident this horse can uh, run up, run out one of the strongest 1400s against a couple of horses that are either A, carrying too much weight, Daytona Bay, and then B, Emperor and Plundering, who could be chinky or, or sort of fanned out late at the 1400. If there's any speed in the race, I'd agree with you. Sure. Mm. Oh, I'll spew on. I was hoping that Walt, Walt would... Uh... No, I, I dead set thought it was a 1,000-metre race when you're calling the names out. That's yeah. quite funny. Well, I thought you'd go against me, but uh, we're on uh, Redwood Shadow each way, so I think that's a great way to bet. And punningform.com.au is how I do the form. It's the uh, the next step for transitioning to full-time punter, so make sure you check out punningform.com.au, and uh, they'll even give you some free tutorials and help if uh, you email their support team and request it. They are terrific people there. Rose Hill is heating up, Walt. It's uh, carnival time, so you're very excited about that. And when does it start? Can you let me know when it starts? No, this weekend. It's when? Autumn oh, carnival. what, the two-year-olds? The two-year-olds yeah, are right. Yeah, Canterbury Stakes is always the... Um, yeah, and the wooden or whatever yeah, they call it. Yeah, but I think it falls a little uh, bit they, early because Easter's, Easter's pushed it up a little bit early as I well, did, so everything revolves around Easter. Kieran, whatever it is, Kieran, Kieran the lunatic on Twitter, was he saying they're going to rename the Melbourne Cup the Nature Strip Stakes or something? So they'll, they'll probably rename these ones soon. But the two-year-olds, they seem to leave alone a bit for some reason, the, the names of the races, which is good. Weird. Oh, breeders must care about it. This is the Arrowfield Canterbury Stakes. It's race three at Rose Hill, rail out uh, nine metres. Prost is the favourite here too. Six or nine? I think it's six. Sorry? Six. What? Six metre rail. Six metre rail. Close enough. 
Rosehill Race Three, uh, Prost two dollars thirty five at Top Sport. Traffic Warden three forty. Fearless three seventy. King of Russo uh, nine dollars. Enhanced twelve dollars. Uh, and we won't worry about uh, the rest in the market here. The Prost is the horse you're going to have a look at. It's a debut performance here. Well, it's in the blue, the light bluey colours. Yeah, back in, in the sort of middle of the flying V. Mm. Half missed the kick and, and got back a bit, which is obviously not what Gay's horses do. But most interesting part about this race, straight charge, Highness finishes behind. Um, can't remember the name of the word for winner. Is it espionage or something? But this this form has certainly held up quite well. The horse outside, it is fearless. So it's coming through just inside fearless now. Clearly a, a bit stronger late. I don't think there was much between them in the run. Don't really take that... Um, as a as a here or there, so this is uh, the trial, Shangri-La latest Express, trial. So what's the front. name of the Shang, Shanghai? What's he called? Shangri-La Express. So Gay's horse has been very uh, dominant a couple of times. Quite a strong heat. This that's trunk down the outside. There's actually another two year old in this. Is Manal who is in the next race is in this heat too. So it was a super strong heat this one, and just love the way he's not a push button, but it doesn't take a long time to wind up, and he certainly looks like he's got gears. So the key to this. Uh, for him, is certainly holding that fence. And, and gate one, I'm not always in love with that on leaders, but sort of strong gay leaders here. And King of Rosso's drawn two. It's probably, again, the key to whether if it, if it crosses Prost, it's in trouble, still can win. As you can see from that trial, if it gets a gap, it's a nuggety horse. You know, if Tim can force out from behind, which you don't want to be really in that position when you're taking $2.60 or whatever it is. But um, if he holds a lead, I think he'll win. The... The dangerous horse probably in the race on paper is Traffic Warden, who ran second as Storm Boy, quite comprehensively beaten there on debut, but was taken back from the gate and then went down to Caulfield, I think, and won quite well there, ran a good rating, all that sort of stuff. Had a clean-out trial since, but I think it's got enough money to not be too concerned about winning this race, whereas Prost certainly will be out to win. And if Traffic Warden wins, it'll be more a a conservative ride and, and gets them late. And uh, I thought that Prost certainly had the measure of fearless. And, uh, yeah, it's just all about that first 200 metres. There's no doubt Tim will be trying to hold the front. And if he he can do that, I think he'll be very aggressive. And if he can hold it, I I think, you know, he's an odds-on chance from that position. Uh, $2.35. So maybe snap that one up. And auto bet Waterhouse. They don't miss, do they? They take any. I was just looking at prices in the last instance. I was just... They just take any price early, don't they? I, I think you'll get. I think you'll get better than that. I think it's, what I'm saying is an odds on chance if it leads. I think you'll get better than two thirty-five. Hmm. DK sharpshooters knocking mm. all the price off. And here we are at uh, race number five. It's the Wooden Stakes over eleven hundred meters. And Lady Camelot's a favourite here. Two dollars five for Gay Waterhouse. Tim Clark, Manal four sixty. Alina five dollars. Celerity five dollars. Frobel Star twelve dollars. Wave break at. Seventeen push par, uh, fifty-one extreme diva, sixty-one, and the eyes have it one oh one. We're gonna have a look at a couple of uh, different replays here. The first one is the the gym crack, not the gym crack, because I get in trouble. Uh, Lady Camelot, Manal's in here, and so she's three wide and the go bloodstock colours. Manal's tracking through in those uh, uh, the sheik's colours. Well, they I don't know which one they are, but and the sheik's colours are white cap. Well. It gets it late. This is a while. I think Manal was pretty lucky to win this race and. It has trialed well, as I said. It's trialed in that in that uh, same heat as Trunk and all those strong sort of cults. So I'm certainly not dismissing Manal or uh, off that uh, sort of bit lucky win there. Here's Maybe Lady Camelot out yeah. in front of the trial and Celerity's back in the blue, which is another horse to keep your eye on here. Sort of ducks in behind him. Uh, yeah, very, very quiet trial from Celerity. But Lady Camelot's done this twice, run very fast time out in front. They've certainly uh, – you can see what she is. She's just fast. And uh, Timmy's drawn one in both the two-year-olds, which is quite interesting. I think this one will certainly hold the lead a little bit better than Prost. I hope I'm wrong when I say that. But, uh, yeah, this race, I actually don't have a a super strong opinion from a betting standpoint. I just thought it was a great race to sort of highlight because I think this will be a feeder race into uh, the slipper, especially from the Philly side of things. Lady Camelot, very well placed here. Two great hit outs. Gate one should lead. I thought the stable mate was looked like it's come back extremely well, a linear. And if you sort of if you swap the draws and swap the riders, I'd actually be quite keen to be with her because I think Tim's a little bit better at getting him out of the gates, rating them, especially these fast horses. I think Reggie will just fall in line. He'll come across, sit outside Tim, let him do his thing, and that'll probably strengthen Tim's 
position, whereas if it was the other way around, Reggie can do some funny things, sort of go a bit quick at times. You'd say Tim sort of slotting behind. I think this is the stronger horse, Alinea, and uh, I'd no surprise to see her win the race on uh, on Saturday. I just think Tim just gets a little bit easier of a time than, say, if Reggie was riding it. And the dead set query horse is this horse, Celerity. First trial was uh, Zach Lloyd, and um, he gave it a bit of a buy, and then J-Mac jumps on it gives it a spin around and now rides this horse. He is riding it over, but he's riding it a half over 54 a half. I think that I couldn't go back and see that he's ridden anything near this weight since sort of the spring. So if that's not a, a good lead up uh, or a good uh, good heads up that this horse has got some ability and, and do love the way she moves, uh, I think, you know, if I, if I had to bet in the race, I'd, I'd still nearly have to take the six bucks plus about both those horses and linear celerity and hope that Lady of Camelot punches. But I do think Tim's just going to get you know, a bit in his favour. So it's not a great betting race, but I think it's a great race to have to a really learn. good look at and, and really dissect because I do think if any fillies are going to be competitive in the slipper this year, they'll they'll potentially come out They're of this race. Out of this race. Mm. So it's a big watch there. All right. Sort of half led us into the, the two and the three. It's mm. sort of graying, yeah, I think graying it, if it, you're graying gonna, it up. The three is just really interesting because it, not like the other good Alford in the previous race, this horse probably has to stand up and, and start to put some money on the board. So it's probably going to be more for J-Mac's going to be having a, a, a bit of a more, I'm not saying they're not trying that other race at all, but this this horse is probably more primed to go here than than Traffic Warden's worried about winning the Canterbury. You're a busy man these days, Nico, but is there still a little bit of room for two-year-old fawning over blue jacket horses or have you have you kicked that habit since you become a, a Tasmanian betting expert? No, there's, uh, I haven't been as deep into the, probably the Sydney form as, uh, recent, but I did see the trial of Pross and thought that was pretty smart work, but, um, no, I haven't, haven't really had a good look at the, the two races up there yet. Just seem to be coming harder and harder, the two races, to be honest. That's why it's fun with gay, isn't it? Like she just, you know, where they're going to be bet. most of the time. Yeah. I thought, I thought the celerity trial, just that looking at that replay there, I thought you would have got a half chub just watching that, Nico. In the blue jacket. I reckon he will when he goes back and watches it a bit closer later. He'd be, he'd be interested. Well, I wasn't thrilled with Lady Camelot on debut and sort of took her on a little bit. So maybe that will uh, work out for me again if I properly do the race. Exactly. If she does anything wrong, I think she's vulnerable to these sources. They're pretty good. And whereas Prost race, I think he's just stronger than him. So if he jumps and, and leaves, they'll, they'll have a task to get past him. She was a pretty handy mare, Ella Kazoom, the mother of Celerity. Mate, there's some, I think Absolute for two legit. gets a start in the other. There's some really handy mares. Uh, maybe that was the race yesterday. There's some there's some well-bred two-year-olds, which obviously you expect. Big breeding show. Big would take a close eye on the breeding. Couldn't care less if they're worth two dollars sixty or two point six million, but um, it's always interesting. Got a got a couple in the boat the other day when I tweeted out Gigi kick off to stud. You got me because I was looking at it. I'm like, mate, you are an imbecile, so there's a big chance you don't know. So I did give you a message. That's what I was, I was fishing, you imbecile. You got about 10. Yeah, I got a 10 fishing. Mm, 11 if you count me. Yeah, you're the you're the whopper. You're the big one. Uh, I didn't read the article, to be well, fair. To be, to be honest, I actually was a little bit surprised. when the Everest, There's only one cult won the Everest. Well, it hasn't That's raised in funny. Adelaide, has it? So I thought maybe you weren't aware of where, whether it was a Gafilia or a mare or a gelding. I thought that was very funny. And then... All-Star Mile, <laughs> nearly, I think every horse is a, I think it's all geldings and one mare won the All-Star Mile. Really? Oh, that's interesting. And the All-Star Mile, so the pop-up race is going What beautiful. price is uh, Brightside now for that race? He must be even money. Uh, no, no one would be interested. I think Militarise is the only cult that might even go to it. Will it go to it? Why would they want to win an All-Star Mile with Militarise? I doubt it. They, they might, but. I don't, I don't see why to be on their list. Yeah, big breeding show us. Racingwatch.com.au is a big breeding chat room too for uh, Johnny's analysis uh, everywhere from, where is it, Ballina, um, Willabar right down. Mate, we oh, go everywhere. You, you stop that. Someone mentioned something. I Wogger, find myself Wogger. looking at Alice Springs races and everything. It's quite funny when you've got a bit of downtime and someone finds something out wide. It's good to delve into the the, the areas unknown. It's, it's actually more fun sometimes. Campbell is about as south as you go, isn't it? Go south, go broke, I say, but that's mainly because the, the riders are a little bit crazy and it's just hard because you get the mix of northern Victorians creeping over the border and they come from east, west, south, north to one area. It's it's harder they mix together. So Opal Day, you do Canberra though, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I have a look and, and obviously horses sneak here and there and you try and work it out, but I just find that south is difficult. Difficult. The South is a uh, happy underground for Nico, and we've got uh, Launceston on Sunday. The further south That's he goes, serious from, South, deep South. We love it down in Tassie, Alabama. Yeah, 
And uh, Nico reckons he's got a couple here. Uh and there's there's also like there's, there's something brewing over in Tasmania, some sort of integrity um, thing. They're, they're trying to dismember the. So they've got rid of it. They've cleaned it out completely. Yeah. Do Do you know any about that, Nico, or you just head down ass up in the form there? But um, it sounds like there was a big inquiry that yeah. Murray did, and I don't know the I didn't the case itself, but I know that after the findings that they're just going to clean the whole integrity department out and start again. It's all the trots, I think. I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with the Benyol, Yeah. The thoroughbreds it sounds like uh, I think there's one trotting bloke down there that's caused a bit of mischief. So um, I think it's all to do with that. Yeah, right. I think they've only got one integrity department though that covers them all. I think dogs trots a bit like Curic. I yeah, think right. so. Um, got yeah, a lot on anyway, the That'd be the tough brief to have. Launceston race two is the uh, race we're going to have a look at. It's the uh, the Launceston Cup, 28th of February, Class One handicap. Make sure you try and get down there. It's an absolute beauty. 1,400 metre race. And uh, you think you found one here, Nico, in Ruda Palace. It was uh, a big run, second last start. You can see it absolutely trucking back with the uh, the red cap off the fence. Yeah, he just um, pegs on his run a little bit here, Ruda Palace and the blinkers. I thought the other horse you probably have to take into account is that was back in the field in the red. Uh, definitely one we want on side here. But I thought Ruda Palais is going to get every possible chance in this race. Uh, I thought he just peaked on his run that last um, 100 metres and he's just caught on the line there by Princess uh, Mao Tucker, I think it is, who has some ability on her day. And then the other horse back in the field was Balmista, who had absolutely no luck. Um, was flying home late. Chelsea Baker, I think, rides for Barry Breaker. I think it's her dad. So she rides yeah. this horse all the time. It did she get time for did, did, did she get questioned to ask a little bit more vigour there? Was she, was she, was she having a go? I'm tipping she's on it again. She is. She is on it again. Gets him with 51 and a half kilos. I think you've got to have a look at it. Just how far (laughs) back here it is. Just um, for fun, if anything. (laughs) How far back it's going to get. But I think Ruta Palais, the horse that got to come and get on top of the spin. It was good first up. Gee, Siggy Carr's stable's absolutely flying at the moment. For her career, she strikes about 12%. Recently, she's got about 30%. um, Return on investment of nearly 30% as well. So she's got a pretty good hand and um, this horse has been very consistent in Tasmania Ruta Palais. He's a bit of a bridesmaid, but I think after 1,400 metres and potentially with a few things in his favour with how the track could play, like usually at Launceston's advantage to be right up there. Uh, I thought this looks his race. And then, yeah, the, the, the blowout, the market may miss off a bit of a, a quiet run. The last start was definitely that, that horse in the red, uh, Belmista. So that, they were the two for me in uh, this event. All right. Um, interesting. Troy Baker rides Ruta Palace. So is Troy... Uh... Uh, Barry Baker's son as well. Oh, I don't know that. Not entirely sure. I don't. I don't really know the uh, the ins and outs of the the Tassie family setup. Someone <laughs> he goes all right. Troy. Yeah, he can get he can get the job done. So I think he rode the horse last start and pretty uh, aggressive sort of rider. So I'm happy enough backing in. Down to what price, Nico? Oh, I think you'd want over three dollars. I think you'll get it. Tricks of Vista and a few others in the race will hold up with a bit of percentage. Um, yeah, that three to sort of five dollar range, somewhere in between, that'd be good. If uh, if anyone can um, enlighten us with the uh, the family lineage of the bakers down in can't the, get in it all googling. seriousness, can't get it googling. I tried. Yeah, yeah. down in Tassie, you got to be a bit careful. But um, yeah, just tweet us into the show just so we can clarify that one. Uh, race eight is the next one you're going to have a look at here, Nico. And the horse that you like here is Conundrum. And it just sort of sat just in behind the speed, gold sleeves, and puts an absolute hole in him here. Yeah, it's bolted in last week. This is only a benchmark 64 and now comes up to a cup greater race, but it's a weak cup. It's second um, in the in the order of entry. So, uh, yeah, this was his second run at 2100. His first run was a little bit inconclusive. He did start hard in the market, but he was well beaten in the class one. Um, this was his only second go at 2100. The Winkers went on and, yeah, he absolutely bolted in. His runs all this campaign have been very good. Uh, remember going back uh, early days, he beat GG City Boy and Love and Bev, both coincidence, and GG City Boy was that horse where um, it was a bit of a, a Black Caviar S sort of set up there where the rider sat up there late, which we had a good laugh at earlier in the year, but um, he was also beat that horse on that occasion, and he really went on with it. And that was his first run at twenty one hundred. Absolutely bolted in, very fast run race last week uh, to the six hundred. So on the quick backup, uh, I think this race won't have that sort of speed here. So uh, I think he'll be probably suited on the quick backup, doing nothing with him in the week. And she's a very paced trainer, this Sarah Cotton. 
all of the horses that I see, none of them pretty much race till they're four or five. And this horse is six has only had two campaigns. So um, she's, uh, you know, holding back a fair bit, but I think he's got some ability and there's just not much of the race. Uh, you go looking outside of him, Vintage Diesel was in that race last. I was probably given a poor ride, but he'd have to improve a bit. Metaverse, um, it was very consistent, but did put in a very plain one last start and Super Swoop. Half looks like he's gone off his recent form. If Super Swoop turned up at his best, he'd just win. But I just don't know if I could back him to sort of do that at nine years old now after having 73 starts. So it looks a pretty good race for Conundrum. Um, I think he'll definitely be favorite and just looks like another race he can he can put away the Citizen Cup. So, uh, yeah, hoping he's uh, he's going to be able to beat. Wow. How, this, great performance. Great training performance, this. Has gone 1,200, 1,300, win-win. And then 14, 1,600, then leapt to 2,100 and one lot far lap. And now looks absolutely uh, almost across the line here. Uh, what price are we taking? Uh, conundrum, Nico? I think he'd probably have a two in front of his name. I think you'd hope closer to threes. But I wouldn't be surprised if he is, small especially field. come race time, shorter with the small field, quick backup, fast rating, last start. Like there's a lot, a lot in his favour that the the robots and the models might just go tick 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 tick. You know, so hopefully there's a little bit of meat on the bone there. I think there probably should be. It's not an absolute go to stable down there. Um, Sarah Cotton and Taylor Johnson, like then, it's not like back in Perez and Keys or Trinder. You know, the the market's probably not us all over her. As they probably should be. She's doing a really good job. You've probably just uh, given her up. Expose her. She's going to be uh, the next big thing. Launceston Cup is the next big thing down in Tassie. It's the 28th of February. It is going to be an absolute cracking day out. If you can't uh, get down there for that, make sure you uh, head to Taz Racing Form Plus Pro via the uh, the Taz Racing website. So it's uh, tazracing.com.au, and you can uh, get all the race replays, all the form guides. You've got the head-ons. You've got the stewards' visions, and you can get the black book and uh, the SMS service to receive those alerts. So either email or SMS for your black book so you never miss a thing. And uh, they, uh, they do a great little job down there in Tassie promoting uh, their product and yeah, it runs parallel to uh, lots of uh, good meetings like Hong Kong and Mooney Valley and stuff like that. So great way to uh, dip your uh, toe into a small pool of horses and uh, back winners, or you can just uh, run off Nico's coattails and uh, have a fill-up. It's easy stuff. Donnie's best last week was Vindicta. thought it went uh, very, very good for a uh, second placing. It was $10.06, pretty well backed. Uh, what's he got this week? G'day, Scooty and the boys. Uh, pretty can this week. Best bet comes up in race five at Rose Hill. It's called Lady Camelot. Like the way it's come back in its trials, it looks a much stronger filly. I think it can take the lead. The six metre rail at Rose Hill always favours on pace runners. So it should lead and be strong late. There's a couple of nice trialers throughout the field. So the $2.05 on offer at the moment. We might drift, we might get something closer to $2.50, dollars It would be a great bet. So the best bet is race five, Lady Camelot. The each way play comes up at, Ray, at Eagle Farm, race five, capital C. Um, first up, it was a forgive. It just didn't handle the track condition at the Sunshine Coast. Its ratings and its runs to the end of last prep can win this. It's already been 20 into $10, but I still think there's a fair bit of value at the $10 mark. And it may even jump favorite if they use last starts, uh, last campaign's ratings as its base. So I think it's a great bet. It handles the Eagle Farm. It should run a hold. So the two best. Rose Hill Race 5, Lady Camelot to win, and each way on Eagle Farm Race 5, Capital C. Cheers, boys. Interesting there. Uh, Donnie's gone for Rose Hill Race 5, number 6, Lady of Camelot. So Yeah, we talked about a lot, do we? I'll, I'll probably market favourite personally, but certainly not anywhere near as short as it is. And, um, you know, for the lead six-metre rail, it's got a lot in its favour, as again we talked about. Just concerned that it's a come found a super strong race potentially. So hopefully it's off and gone. Mm, interesting one, uh, Capital C, who uh, he's his each way play, and he sort of just referenced uh, his last preparation and some of the ratings that it's popped out there. So I think it's been 15 into $10 already. Uh, Capital C, that's in race five, Eagle Farm. Interesting one, a horse that I talked about last week was Captain Finkel, who I thought uh, might not be suited on the 10-day backup to 1600 This is also backed early, $3 into $2.40. I sort of like it here, 1,400 metres Eagle Farm can take a position. Um, we'll take some beating this horse. It's no slouch. And then uh, Jealous is the other horse from uh, the Rob Heathkit yard. But um, it's a bit of a query runner coming off uh, two sort of wet tracks. And I think it's going to be uh, drying conditions out there on 
on Saturday. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Donnie's goes there. But uh, maybe the place option is the safest way. But uh, he seems pretty bullish. Um, he even said it. He even said it might start favourite. I'd, I'd find it hard. I don't think this, the uh, the big boys will. Um, I think the big boys will keep Captain Finkel in as favourite, especially with Orman on um, after um, two pretty. Uh, impressive wins, especially 1,400 metres. I think um, that's a box that that horse can definitely tick. But I'm um, interested in to see it's how... It's a maiden too, right? Yeah, it's, cap, capital yeah. C bounces back um, off those that that heavy track. So I'd be interested to see. Glasses, right? They're all coming out of maidens, maiden wins or maiden horses. And it's coming back out of, mm. you know, Magic Mutant Cutis is buying Boom Talk and, and Open Handicap. So it's probably an interesting horse in that race, Glass of Rose. Now it's time for uh, the Top Sort Steam. As I said, two places last week, so I didn't quite get the chocolates this week. Uh it's all uh, up in my uh, neck of the woods here, or our neck of the woods, uh, Walt. Uh, Eagle Farm Race 7, number 7, Brocky, 333 at $7. And then uh, in the same race, we've got Eagle Farm Race 7, number 15, Master Maurice, 344 at $7. That looks like a chop bet, doesn't it? 333 at 7. So I'm assuming you ever tried to have that, so some sort of decent judge. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know those horses at all. <clears throat> and then uh, Master Maurice in the same race. So it looks like they're betting around a horse from the Golan Yard there, Brentwood. And again, it's uh, Orman. And it was a uh, okay first up winner over 1,200 metres. So it might be a race that we need a little bit more investigation. Uh, eight, race 8, Eagle Farms, next one. Race 8, number 13, Ocean Czar, 500 at $11. This race is an absolute doozy. You've got one of my old sparring partners, Betcha the Crown, at the top of the weight, 60 kilos, but it's not easy, this uh, this race. You've got Rainbow Connection, who won at Ipswich in just a bit of a, uh, a blowout run, I would have thought. Belvedere Boys has got some uh, potential there, and... Uh, African Daisy's a pretty good horse. Well, that's the weird one with Annabelle Nisham. It was in today at uh, Doombin. It was Barrier 1 at James Allman. Looked an absolute gimme in a benchmark 75, and she's gone for the almost impossible Class 3 handicap at, on Saturday at Eagle Farm. Obviously well in because of – oh, is it a handicap you're saying? Sorry, not a – it's a plate. So what's that mean? It's a plate set weights. Yeah. So it must be in incredibly at the weights, I would imagine. That Terramata form will definitely stand up in Brisbane. Robusto form, it, it's yeah. I, I think it'll start very short. It was two. It was two sixty today. It looked an absolute auto bet 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 up job. Uh, race ten number one is Daytona Bay, so that's seven hundred at uh, three dollars ninety. So that was the race that I previewed earlier. Um, oh, yeah. saver, two dollars eighty. Uh, no, I think I, know, I think it's pretty well found there. Lumping the big sixty kilo, so it'll be uh, winning without mine at that price for sure. And that's that's the steam this week. So all Eagle Farm, which is surprising. Uh, DK Ashen uh, Acid Wash last week uh, got the full rents. The, uh, yeah, that, was, uh, that was good, wasn't it? Evens to one fifty five, and over it went. Um, one barrier was the difference. Drawing Jay Allen drew the one inside it. She drew one outside it. So she's got to work across. He gets the camp on it. It was three fifty to eight dollars though. Like. I would have liked. I know it's Jay Carr and she's kind on them, but I'd like to have seen more vigor when she let it amble up alongside her at the four hundred, like you know, and then turned into a four hundred meter jewel home. The things had a softer run, and I don't think B Shin would have been sitting there just cruising on it at the four hundred. <laughs> I was literally that. thinking that, like that's the exact. That's the you show those two replays, right? That's it. Yeah, a brave mood in that compared to it. But anyway, um, so we'll tie in. We'll stick with that form line. Scoop. We'll go to Mooney Valley. It's Mooney Valley uh, tomorrow night, Friday night. There's a 1,500-metre maiden there. Thing you called love Bell, in, Bell Inferno, number 10. So this debuted down the straight in that acid wash um, Gundaroo race. Um, Rewards and more, who's a short price favourite, ran third. It's in the night. It's run well again since in a high-rating race. This ran fourth, and they put a space on the rest. And then the other day, it, um, it was just double-figure odds. It drew awkward. It got back a bit, and that... Total excuse run for mine around Sandown. That had that bloody cell chow laying all over it up the straight, getting squeezed up. I think it wanted the extra trip. So third up, Jay Allen on. Jay Allen Road, of course, ties in again. Road Sox Nation that beat us at Wash. Um, I think there's no speed on paper here. Out in trip, Kieran Ma fit. This will go forward, get a good run. And uh, I think um, yeah, Bell Inferno at uh, I don't know, half decent odds, two, three to one or something. Three to three dollars ninety. Any thoughts, Nico, or anyone else? No. Is that the race the Waller horses in as well? Cere yeah, ceremonious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a slowly run race at um, Geelong, and it stays at the trip, and it's drawn a bit awkward. 
you know, and Waller Horses, I, I don't know if it'll drive forward, but I reckon Bellingfield can punch forward, get the map advantage and have the improvement stepping up in trip. No, I can def- definitely see the angle for sure. I was just, I was probably just defaulting to D-Lane there. Uh, yeah, you get the job. I mean, just the way you go at the moment, really. I think that's... Um, that's... Scouts say Troy Baker, no relation to Barry Baker. No. Very important part of the show. Well, well, I think it is Very because, important. you know, I'm not saying anything underwater ha- happening, but um, just need to know these things and mm. who's who's working in together and all that sort of mm. thing. Mm. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's a wrap from the show. So it's been a uh, a long one, a good one. It's interesting to see Kieran Ma just on his on his own loathsome there in the uh, the form guide. Looks a bit odd. No Eustace. Quick one, a quick quiz for you boys. Did uh, did did the Hayes, the Ben Hayes, all the Hayes boys get stripped of their premiership points when uh, they they formed their allegiance or added the extra Hayes fella in? Don't think they care because no, they, bloody well, weren't, no, they weren't in competition, I guess. Yeah, didn't. Weird one, isn't it? Because they... They didn't get stripped? They started at the start of the season, though. So just everyone oh. was at nothing, so it didn't matter. But, yeah, Off square. That's, that's when they came in. Well, it's interesting to storm and take up. Oh, at least the, I guess the, the journals have got something to talk about because no one else really cares, do they? Beautiful. All right. Been a brilliant show. Hopefully uh, you guys got something out of it. Hopefully you got plenty of winners. Make sure you support uh, Top Sport, Hunting Form, and some Taz Racing, they, the guys that look after us. And uh, we'll see you boys next week and hopefully uh, more winners and less sick beats. We'll see you next week. Yeah.